Hi, and welcome back to Old School. Last time I went over the overarching kind of syllabus of the my intent for Old School, and this time I'm gonna drill down a little bit on the curriculum resources, specifically in the area that's physical. So your physical education, PE class. <laughs> Basically, in this area, I utilize a lot of resources. Um, we cover physical, um, both what you take internally, what you might use topically, um, services or businesses that I might utilize, um, schools, resources on the web or books, um, everything having to do with physical. And there is a group of people who since my divorce and some of the things I walk through in my book and talk about that are um, just, they're fabulous um, in, as resources for both what happens to me physically, but they provide inspiration and encouragement. And so I decided to kind of call them a team. It is my fantasy me team. It's like a fantasy football team only it is services that benefit me physically. And yes, as I said, both uh, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually as well, because they're just, they just shore me up. And when I know they're on the calendar, um, it, it, it's just a great day. And they have indicated they feel the same way. So my fantasy me team, um, the, the OG is my quarterback is Tracy. She's with Forma Studio Salon. She does my hair, but that's the least of what she does for me when I'm there. Um, I, it's a safe space. We can talk about whatever. There's no judgment. She just is so encouraging and knows how to bring out the beauty and the essence of you um, internally as well as externally. You just cannot leave there feeling, um, you know, without feeling exponentially better than when you showed up. And she seems to feel the same about me, but I think um, she is just so fabulous and that is just who she is and how she serves and takes care of all of her clients. Today is the first episode of the Fantasy Me Team series. And of course we have to start with the first round draft pick, RQB, Tracy Wells. Tracy is in the middle of 13 kids in the Wells family, whom I've known for about 18 years. Our friendship began in earnest about 10 years ago when I was her crash test dummy for some training for color and some different things, and she, she became my first team member. It was just love at first sight. <laughs> After my divorce, I needed a team of professionals who are at the top of their game to encourage me, inspire me, and to just keep me from looking like I'm 100 years old. <laughs> so Tracy is our QB. She's the first round draft pick and the longest standing member of the team. And she is a master stylist, which is just like not even encompassing all that she is and her passion for her craft. She absolutely loves bringing out beauty, introducing beauty, and helping us feel our full beauty. She is a daughter of the king and never fails to lift me up whenever I've been with her. When I see her on my calendar for the day, it is an awesome day from start to finish. 
there's no days I look more forward to than when I have my team on the calendar and Tracy in particular. She is just entering her 30s, but has some nuggets for everyone and she'll be sharing those today. So, welcome, Tracy. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. We have so much fun. We, we go do. completely <laughs> off script. It's going to be ad lib. But that's okay, because that's what old school is about. It's going to be about teaching people what maybe we wish we would have known. And my philosophy here is that everyone's older than someone. And so that means that there's something when we, we only want to learn from our own species, which happens all the time. There's just something that will come out of each person's life that even could make somebody older go, hmm. So that's what this is all about here at Old School. And uh, we're going to get started with Tracy telling us her story, her professional journey, and what she feels like your purpose is. And I know that you're strong on that. We both are like that. We, we know that we have a purpose as believers, but we also in the scheme of things, using our gifts and talents. So I would like you to talk about that. Okay, what time should we have? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let, first of all, say the time you want. <laughs> that I think part of the reason why our relationship has always been as endearing as it has been is that, like, from my perspective, being much younger, I've never felt that, like, you look down at me, that you know more. Like, I just feel like it's a relationship where both of us feel like we can both grow together. And um, I think that that's a huge reason for why we've both been able to kind of like dig up the golden nuggets together. <laughs> um, or the dirt. Or the dirt, <laughs> or just roll around in the mud. <laughs> so um, I just think that like, actually that's a very endearing quality that not everybody gets to have. Um, so it's just like one of those things that makes you so special and makes it just as equally fun when I know you're on the calendar. <laughs> Uh, okay, so my story, I mean, you mentioned that I'm from a family of 13, right smack dab in the middle. So I feel like in a lot of ways, I got to experience my parents from two different types of parenting, you know, in the beginning where they were learning it all and in the middle, like probably making all of the mistakes. And then seeing the later half of my younger siblings where they really kind of like did it right. Um, and I tell everybody now, like, I mean, if you have a problem with parenting, like, go to Pat and Alamo's. <laughs> they figured it all out. They've seen it all. They have it um, handled. But, yeah, that that journey in and of itself was kind of like me understanding, like, ooh, who's Tracy? And, like, some of those scars that, like, later on were things that I was going to have to, like, work through and kind of learn, you know, how to kind of cope through it. But... For me, I guess, like, I felt like my story really started when um, I began my career, honestly, because that was the journey where I felt like God really started to kind of work within my heart and, you know, started, like, just dig out all the crud. You know, let's just, like, work through the crud and, you know, get it all out so we can actually kind of, like, mold it and kind of work it into who who I'd become. Like, and now in the 30s, it's just, you know, its own little thing. So, Gosh, like life story, it's just like, well, which part? <laughs> it's like the hair, the child part, the hairdressing part, or the entrepreneur part. You know, they all have their own little story. But uh, in my late 20s, I went through a really hard time. I think we really bonded when you were going through your divorce. And after I had chosen to leave a relationship that had been really toxic and really um, hurtful to me through betrayal. And um, I think that's where our relationship really kind of like mended together because we both were working through the heartbreaking um, parts of just betrayal and what that does to a woman. 
and both of us just really understanding where the other person was at and loving each other through that process. Um, so, yeah, that was not fun. <laughs> we wouldn't take that. I mean, that. we made it fun, a, a wine or two. Yeah, but yeah we made yeah, it fun. It we definitely fun. laughed through all of it. Yeah, <laughs> you don't laugh, you cry, right? Isn't that what they say? Isn't that true? <laughs> so, I mean, that was really hard for me. And um, that one, I, I look back at that time and I think to myself that, like, that was the time where God said, like, we're, we're going to be authentic from here on out. Like, we're, we're going to let go of the shallow. We're going to let go of the things that you thought you wanted. And we're going to just, like, let go of that stuff and really kind of, like, set you on to a different path. I, I had a good um, other friend that just was like, you know, Trace, like, right, down, right now, like, this is, like, you. And God is just putting you right in the front of him. And he's just like, we're going to work on some stuff. And when we get through this, like, we're going to be better off for it. And it was probably six, seven years of really hard, hard times. Um and, and then, you know, we make it through it. Like, it, it, we don't have an idea on the timing <laughs> on any of no, that he stuff. Does. No, he does. He does. And if we fail um, to learn the first time around, yeah. he'll bring it back around. <laughs> sure will. Um, and then going through that, and now I, I definitely feel like I'm on a road of healing and working through all of that. Like, even though life, quote unquote, has gotten better, um, there's still those scars, like, you know, and that, that tenderness. So... Um, that's just where I'm at now and working through that. And in the midst of all of it, I decided to be an entrepreneur and step out on my own. Um, and that is exposing many things too. So, <laughs> well, and so on that journey, so let's, in a shift of it, that was your person. This is all like kind of a overarching B-52 bomber. Yeah, you'll have to have me back. You'll have to have me back. But in regard to your professional um, career and like maybe the mentors and the coaches, because those are really great nuggets too in regard to teaching. And one of the um, sayings I've always had, and my daughter can finish it for you, is um, a wise man learns from, a uh, smart man learns from his own mistakes, a wise man learns from others. And if we continue not to learn from what others have gone through and have to keep going through it ourselves, we will get put through it multiple times. So in regard to when you started your career as a stylist and the mentors maybe you had in place, if you can talk about the, the, the need for that and maybe even just the, the tenderness of, of how that like couches you and that like helps carry you when there is the other stuff going on at the same time. Yeah, so the most influential for me would be Kendall Ong mm -hmm. um, at Main Attraction. Um, he, I mean, now that he's deceased, which is mm -hmm. so sad, so sad. Um, you know, I met him when I was in beauty school. Um, I was at Paul Mitchell there in Phoenix and really had no idea where I was really gonna go. But I think for me, I always look for somebody that's done it right in the industry. and. One of the things that I always appreciated was the, the very first day that I met Kendall, he exuded an amount of professionalism and he had, he just had the look. He looked like he walked the walk too. And for the entire 10, 12 years that I knew him, that, that was an everyday thing for him. So, so it um, wasn't fake. It wasn't, it wasn't a no, show that was put on. Not at all. He not at all. And, that. you know, during that time, I mean, his wife would tell you, I mean, he had his own struggles. He had his own growing moments too. But at least from my perspective as an employee, 
he, he just always knew that like people depended on him. And so at the end of the day, he still had to do the show up, right? I always tell people, I mean, everybody can benefit from a mentor. <laughs> everybody. I mean, my life now um, has been greatly impacted by who he was just as a person. Um, and then, of course, with my craft, um, he was vastly, vastly um, influential on that one, too. So, and I, I mean, it goes down to from as simple as cutting and styling to being well-spoken and being somebody that presents themselves as a professional in the beauty industry because there's a lot that don't, sure. <laughs> unfortunately. And in my industry, there's a lot of struggle with mental illness, drug abuse, um, relational abuse. So um, I just always really appreciated that he just, regardless of what was going on in his life, he showed up and he showed up looking like a professional. Um, love him dearly, miss him greatly. Sure. Um, I still keep in touch with his wife, Fiata. Um, I, I still see her as a mentor in life. Um, now that I'm going into the entrepreneurial side and ownership and just like the ways that they could pour into me with that. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. What came to my mind while you were talking was I, I was raised in Michigan. Motown was a big part of my life and I've watched all the documentaries on Motown and how Barry Gordy, what he considered when he was looking for an artist, wasn't just somebody who could sing. He had teams of people, ones who showed him how to have stage presence and dance and move, the ones who showed him how to speak when the, you know, they were being spoken to, like in the public eye, and ones who taught them, you know, vocal coaches, and then how to hear the music, and just the overall scheme of things, which sounds like what Kendall gave you, which the Lord knowing your path down the line, how foundational for you to have found somebody who was going to bring all that to the table, maybe even without knowing you were going to need all of that at the time. Yeah. There's just not a day that I don't think about him. I, as an owner now with my own salon, I just remember all the time how Kendall Miata would tell me that like, nobody cares for a space the way the owner does. And I always used to think I was a really good employee. Like I showed up, I did the work. I was good at what I did. People came back, but that, and, and I, I liked to think that I was like, no, 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 I care about it just as much as you do. And I wanted to be that person for them. You know, like I wanted to be like, no, 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 I care just as much as you do. But now I'm like, you're done. Like you, I really, no I had no idea, like absolutely no idea. So now I, I just thought that saying is so more real now than it ever was because like nobody knows what it's like to scrub the floors at the end of the night because it needs to be done. Nobody knows what it's like to just be cleaning out your shoes and getting all of the hair off of it and making sure that the place is just spick and span so that you can walk in it and be ready to work the next morning. So, um, yeah, and you know, nothing was ever too low for him. You know, that's, again, the humility that comes with that leadership um, is really what creates mentorship. You know, like when you still have humility to be able to do anything like that actually puts yourself in a really good place for leadership for people to look up to. Um, and so that was just a huge, huge thing for me. And he couldn't, you, the, one of the best signs of a leader is that humility, but also the pride in looking at how you're bringing up in the business, in the industry, people who could rival you mm -hmm. in quality and in talent. And didn't he have his own, like you had beauty school, which is enough for anybody to walk into any salon in the city and, and work. But he had that extra mile. He wanted you all to go. He wanted you to walk his process 
before you guys really kind of hit the floor for him? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So he, um, what I thought was just really interesting, and I think this just comes with maturity in life, you know, you start thinking less and less about your own personal goals and more about what your legacy will be when you leave. So um, for Kendall, in the lighter years of his life and in his career, he had a huge emphasis on training up the next generation. And I'm already seeing that now, like in my 30s, even though I'm starting something new. I mean, yes, I have my own goals. I have my own dreams. But um, now that I've just taken on my first employee, that I'm in it for them, too. Like I'm in it for their children and their family. And I think that's just a natural progression in life, you know, that um, or I like to think that as a good person, you know, it becomes less and less about you and what you're going to leave behind and what you're giving of yourself. So, yeah, he incorporated a, um, a training um, program within house, but it went even greater on beyond that. Like he actually used to go into beauty schools and talk to beauty school students and give them a realistic look on what this industry looks like. And we did um, a class on professionalism. What does that look nice. like? Right. So getting them from their schooling and giving them a realistic view of what they can expect and what does professionalism look like in the beauty industry? So I always had a huge amount of respect for him for that because he didn't have to do it. No, nope, he didn't have to. But you and, all represent him. Right. So right. that was important. But yeah, he's over at the school doing it for people who could potentially be competitors. But he is so loved for the industry. There's a lot of people. Uh, well, I don't know a lot, but there are some in the like, say, for example, the NFL. I have I love watching documentaries and things. And there were a few gentlemen who felt like bringing in the rookies and talking to them. They like get it, they're getting millions of dollars, everything on the earth is available to you, but is everything really what you should be doing? You know, do you, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want to be known for? Do you want to be known for you know, drug, sex, drugs, and rock and roll? Or do you wanna have some professionalism about the sport that you've you know, taken on or your industry? So I think that's so incredibly insightful. Huh. Um, that leads me to my next question then in regard to legacy. I know that you're opening your new salon because you're my QB and so I know everything. No, <laughs> sure, you're more than, yeah. oh my gosh, right now you're my life source. <laughs> but I mean, next to my husband, you're just a nice second in line. <laughs> yeah, anything happens to Colby, <laughs> Michelle is the, Michelle oh, is the queen. <laughs> um, but in regard to that, as we're building the business plan and as we're going through all of that stuff, you are young. I know you don't feel like it because you feel like you're getting a late start, but you're not. And so here you are and you're starting this business and you're you're taking on a concept that is really revolutionary. And that's awesome. But you're not forgetting in our conversations. And I'd like you to talk a little bit about the legacy you'd like to leave for what we're going to be doing in regard to the community, in regard to, like you said, your employees and and for the individual who's coming in, how you want them to leave? Uh, wow, big question. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm I'm Barbara a, Walters. Yes, Barbara Walters. We do cry, that'll be where the tissues. Um, okay, so I'm in the service industry, right? So naturally for me, um, I think a lot about like what does somebody leave with and what are they feeling coming back into the next appointment. And for me, 
the thing that I think about all the time is like, I want to create something craveable. <laughs> I like their favorite dessert or their favorite meal. Like I am so intoxicating. <laughs> <laughs> <Bad> <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> and um, so that, I mean, that's, that's been a guiding light for me the entire time I've been a hairdresser. Um, and, and it, it is the motivator for everything that I do. And I'm always trying to think of like, okay, what makes them just want this? Like just so much, like that they just cannot wait to get back in. Um, so yeah, I mentioned, I stepped out on my own. I opened up my own studio um, back in July of 2020, crazy. Um, and that was a journey of just figuring it all out, right? I mean, left what I knew and knew that it was time to move on, but what does that next step look like? And it, it's been a pretty hard journey, you know? I mean, to most people, they would think, oh, you've been successful since you started out because I was pretty much in the green every month that I started out. But on the personal level, it was very hard. Um, I left a product company that I was very comfortable with for 10 years um, and then things shifted and I wasn't able to carry it. So I had to start with something new and something that didn't have the performance that I was used to. So then it really digged at me thinking like, I'm a terrible hairdresser because I can't make things as beautiful as they once were. And that was something really hard to work through. Um, and then when you pass in from one year one into year two, it's just like, I still suck. <laughs> just like nothing's I changing. Yeah, and, and, I'm not allowed to say I'm old. You're not allowed to say you suck. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but it was hard. And I think oftentimes when you're in the middle of something, like you don't realize what's actually happening. Right. So what I know now looking back, it's just like, oh, all those moments were all part of something that within me was saying, like, you're not there yet. Like, but you're going to find it, you know, and you're just going to keep going. And, and that's how I am. I, I can be so laboriously like addicted to finding something else that works right and so that was what i was finding in those first year first two years um and then and then shifting into something so um in 2021 my mom lost 85 percent of her hair due to covid and so the stress that covid put on her body um mixed with medications and just illness in general um caused this hair rejection that you know, left her losing the majority of her hair. Now, you know my mom, but for the people that don't, um, my mom's Hispanic. She's got a mane like an Arabian horse. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's long. It's, it is her crown of glory. It is what people probably most recognize her by, like the first thing, aside from the 13 children. <laughs> um, but and having looks like, I mean, she's in phenomenal shape. Yeah. Having 13, I look worse than I had once. Right. Right. And, and my mom has always had a lot of pride in it. My dad loves my mom's long hair and the fact that she has the ability to grow that. Right. So her losing it and my mom's not one to be very stuck on vanity, but it's interesting that even if you're not a vanity based person, how losing your hair will really bring out some of that in you. But for women, I've always just found that that's, that's, it's a, it's a huge part of our identity. I mean, I don't think that God gave a feminine thing. Yeah, I don't think he referred to it as his glory by chance. I think he knew what this would mean to us. And so, um, you know, my mom and I have our own journey in life, right? And so at first I thought she was just being dramatic. <laughs> and I'm like, you're not losing your hair, you're fine. And then one day I come in and she has this like trash bag of like a ball of her hair. And she's like, look at this. And I'm not kidding. It was like the size of a soccer ball. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Like that's how much hair she had. And I remember looking at it and being like scared. Like I thought she had cancer or something. <laughs> right. and, and at that point I was like, oh my gosh, she was the this one. Is the like, this is a real thing. And so, um, I, you know, I just started like Googling face things. I mean, I started reaching out to some of my clients who were physicians and wanting to know if hair loss was COVID specific or if this could be related to something else. Just really curious. Um, and it's not COVID specific, but it is um, specific to excessive illness. And so I started just treating her with an amino amino acid based product that was just a vegan based product line that I figured at bare minimum, she's going to be getting some amino acids, right? Like we'll be able to strengthen the hair that she has because we needed to start, stop the bleeding. Right. Um, I mean, not to get too nerdy about it, but with hair, no. um, when you have lots of hair, it's like a big hug and each hair is supporting the one and supporting the other. And then when you have an excessive amount of hair loss, Um, Now, each one of those individual strands has become vulnerable to environmental buildup, um, environmental stressors. It can be um, like brush, excessive brushing. I mean, they're all just so vulnerable and weak because they're they're supported by the great numbers. So my thought process between um, using that for solution on her was just like, we need to strengthen what's there, right? If it stopped shedding, we also need to look into that. Um, And... What I found, which was really interesting, is actually, um, one, her hair started growing back way faster than I expected. <laughs> and um, and then her hair that was left on her hair changed texture. Now, I've been in the industry for 15 years. Okay, so short of doing a chemical treatment of some sort to change the texture, like, that does not happen. So I was just like, what? And I mean, this solution is vegan. I can eat it. Like, and I've seen, <laughs> I, I've seen them actually do that on stage. So I was just like, what is this doing? And in just researching it, I found that what this product was actually doing was properly cleansing the scalp. And, mm-hmm. um, and then over the course of the next year, year and a half and trying it on my mom and then just pure discovery on other guinea pigs, um, found as a hairdresser, how we just vastly discredit cleansing <laughs> and how important taking care of that topically really is. So, um, it changed how I thought about hairdressing in general and styling and hair health. And now I have like a three-step approach to taking care of hair. And so it's cleanse, exfoliate, and hydrate. So I treat hair a lot like estheticians do skin or dermatologists look at skin and that your cleansing is the number one first step. You've got to do that first and then exfoliate and hydrate. You keep that three-step process, like, you'll have some really pretty hair. (laughs) So would you say, okay, because, like, the next question I was going to have, and this is kind of how I feel old school will roll, is, like, one of the last questions I want is, what would you say to others, especially industry-specific, that they should be doing that clearly we haven't been? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like, I, for example, I would go out in the sun and use baby oil as Mm -hmm. my spray, which has zero SPF, and we all learned the hard way that that was stupid. (laughs) So, you know, and when I was younger, nobody told me to use special cleanser on my face. I used the Irish Spring that was in the shower. (laughs) So as far as your hair goes, and what you would tell those coming up as opposed to buying the dollar suave at Dollar Tree. Yeah, get it. They have a budget. But what, like, baseline would be the, the absolute musts for taking care of our hair as we're maturing? 
Okay, so I'll answer that in two parts. One, I'll okay. tell what I would tell my industry, and then I'll tell what I would tell the consumer. Excellent. That's good. Okay, so um, what I would tell the consumer is um, ask yourself, do you have a hairdresser that you trust? Do you have a hairdresser that you feel has your best in mind? Um, and if you don't and you're looking for one, uh, give every new hairdresser at least three times. Okay. <laughs> so I think in three times, like you really get a good idea off of how a hairdresser works. How do you communicate? Because that trust has a lot to do with the communication first. Um, so I, I remember I heard, I heard that years ago from a client that came in from out of town and her hairdresser had told her like, give whoever you try three times. And I don't know who that hairdresser was, but I want to kiss them and tell them like that was a good nugget. And now that's, the best advice I could give a consumer looking for somebody is that give them three times, like ask a lot of questions, like develop a relationship. And, and then it makes it more fun, right? You know, you're not just like going there for a service and you're not just so purely transactional. It becomes something that you guys are working together. And, and you speak and then listen. You know what I mean? If you get that feel, I think that's where the three chances comes in is you can truly discover if they're paying attention. If by the third visit, they're still doing what they want to do and not hearing what you have to say, I think that's important. So I agree. Yeah. And then what I would tell my industry, um, because it, I, I, th this isn't the entire industry, so I'm, it's a blanket statement, but I do think that when you become more of an expert in your field, you tend to get a little bit more tunnel visioned and you become less interested in understanding different things and being willing to step outside your comfort zone. Because I mean, that's in life in general, like whenever you get a little sweaty, it's just like retreat, you know, you're just going to get out of here, get out of here real fast because this is uncomfortable and it's dangerous. And I know I have had those moments so many times I've struggled going back to what I knew and then like, you end up down a different path never meant to be. So what I would tell my industry is that like, be humble enough to accept that you don't know everything mm -hmm. and, and it's okay. And you might actually get to a place that w you were meant to be instead of in a place where, you know, you just sort of found yourself. So, um, I, it's hard though. I mean, I, there are times where I just want to be like, I just want to sit back and do what I know because that's easy. And I know what to expect out of it, but um, ultimately I, I feel like I always get dumber in those scenarios, but, um, as uncomfortable as the unknown and the fear of the unknown is, um, in a lot of ways, I mean, I have this next journey to thank for, you know, just at least getting it, getting comfortable with that and having people around me that were willing to kind of like encourage me through that. So, well, we don't grow sitting in comfort, sitting in a hammock. And I think that's true of every industry. In fact, it's so funny because people talk about wanting it that, you know, like what is the, the, the last person in a class of doctors, what, you know, grade is, did you even ask, like if he got a D, but he graduated, you're still, he's still a doctor. He's still out there. Right. And does that matter as much as like, for me, sometimes in our industry or in our craft, if we're stay there too long and we do everything by rote and we're used like, do we miss the details? Do we miss the things that we should be paying attention to? So I think continuing education and, and continually, you know, like upgrading the gifts and talents you've been given is definitely um, called for no matter what industry you're in. But I know, I know you personally, I know that you would not tolerate less that 
you know, you're you're going to be looking into those things for yourself. And you you have a bit of geeky quality, like me. you're just prettier <laughs> at it. But still, you know, that we want to provide the ultimate for what we're doing. Um, and we're worth what we're worth. And we need to remember to ask what, for what we're worth. But um, I think personally, knowing you, that your legacy is is in is being written. And I think that your love for other humans and how you lift them up and how you want them to be beautiful and not by some sort of societal standard, but by that they were beautifully and wonderfully made by their creator. And you're just here to, you know, put the the glaze on the painting that he, he provided. And um, you never fail to make me feel beautiful, make me feel better about myself when I'm there. And I hope I provide the same uh, to my team. They tell me they like having me on the schedule. I'm not sure if it's because I crack them up, but whatever. <laughs> it's definitely a laughter. <laughs> we definitely don't have a low supply of laughter and humor. So, um, yeah, I, I, that's what makes it important to me as the fantasy me team is that each and every member doesn't just do my hair or do whatever, but you guys are always looking like every time I come in, you have a different, you know, something for your hair or some kind of treatment or process. The same with my wax girl and my other um, microdermabrasion and what have you. And so it's always, what can I do for you to make life better? and make you feel better and make you look better. And, um, and that's part of the joy I get out of having the whole team together. And that's the only way you make it in the draft for the team. <laughs> yes, your team, they're all a team of highly trained professionals at the peak of their career. <laughs> so I, I, and I guess to end on an on a interesting note, on a little nugget note, I know you're young. You're half my age, <laughs> but if there was one thing, regardless of whether it has to do with your industry, just your personal life, just life in general, one thing that you've learned from somebody that has been maybe a little life-changing even, just a little nugget that you would tell those coming up in hopes that people, like most of the time we only want to learn from our own species, other 30-somethings, maybe some 20-somethings, because you're cool, you're pretty, you're cool, you're hip. Some people will listen, but a lot of times we only want to listen to our, to our own species. So what would be something that you would truly want someone coming up if they would take the two seconds to listen to you to know? And I know that's a heavy-duty thing to drop out there. So if you'd like, I can chat a little while you contemplate that, but that's how I'd like us to end. Uh, no, I know it. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I would say, like, being able to accept taking just the next great step in life. So you're gonna come against different kinds of conflicts in life and different levels of conflict throughout life. And no matter where you're at, you're gonna hit something that's gonna, it's gonna make you just, you're gonna freeze for a second. And there's gonna be moments where you don't know what you're doing and you don't know where to go or how to do it. And I think oftentimes like our brain just naturally just wants to race to like when we're over it and like how we're going to feel when we get there and how, how it's going to be so much better. Like when I just get past this and I think definitely for the last like 10 years, the biggest thing has just been like, it's okay to just be right where you're at and 
all you have to control is the next right step, you know? And I think ultimately we always know what that right step is, right? Like we know, like sometimes that next right step is to just be there, just be present, be authentic with it and, um, and just getting comfortable with it. Well, sometimes I heard somebody say something the other day that I thought was really cool. And sometimes taking that next step, it's better than the paralysis, okay? And taking that step, and maybe it is taking the step on the wrong path, but that's what you learn by taking the step. Mm-hmm. And it's better than not taking a step at all. Yeah. So you take this step, and it might be a little side road, but then you get back to your journey and your path. And along the way, getting something out of it, as mm-hmm. opposed to just lamenting in victimhood and why me? Yeah, I, this morning I was, I'm rarely on Facebook, but this morning I saw a memory from like, I think it was six or seven years ago. And I saw, and I had written this as like something I heard that I was like, you know, just copy paste, you know, make myself sound smarter on Facebook. <laughs> no, but it was really good. It was just like, uh, said this. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but okay. I'm, I'm going to totally butcher it, but like, you'll get the point about it. It was just that like the best way to find happiness in life was to find a way to reframe your situation and get the best out of it to embrace gratitude and then to give to others like those three things and I was like I still believe that like I go but each little one of those three things I mean you could spend 10 years trying to get that one and mastering it right so um yeah I, I thought that was yeah reframing the situation like you just said, well, getting, getting something from it. Gratitude in general and, and serving others, which you are fabulous at. And I, there is never, I doubt there would be a human being on their deathbed who would say, I regret having served mm-hmm. others. In fact, more the opposite. Like I regret that I didn't serve others more, that I would look after my own interests more than others. And I joke around about my fantasy me team and it makes it sound a little selfish, but you need these people. You need a team. You need the people in your life. And you need them to be solid people. You need them to be upright, morally uh, outstanding. You need them to be able to be transparent and vulnerable and have a great give and take. Tracy's not just my QB. She's my friend, my sister in Christ, and one of my absolute favorite humans. And I feel like they're you generated me the desire to want to serve you and, and be the friend I want in return. And you know me, um, when I love people, I love them hard, sometimes too long because some have have taken advantage of that, but it's just not going to stop me from being that way. That's just who I am. And I love every one of the team members. And it's so funny because some of them are only in my world when I have my appointment. You not we're we're like at the hip, but yes. yes. <laughs> but some I only see for my appointment, and yet when we're departing, every one of them hug me. Every one of them they say, "Love you. Can't wait to see you again." And you know that doesn't happen by accident. That happens by you engaging and being transparent and vulnerable with people. And that is how Tracy and I have always been, and that is how my team is. And so. I feel like this is an, an ultimately great series to have on the podcast so each one can talk a little bit in regard to their industry, into their purpose in life, and into you know, how interacting with other people, just those nuggets, because you know there are so many things I wish I had, I, on one hand, that I had heard it all, and on the other hand, that even though I heard it, 
I didn't listen to it the first time. <laughs> so, you know, he will teach you over and over and over. So just saying, just saying. So I am so excited that you were my first fantasy. There wouldn't be any other way. I was flattered. <laughs> I, I, when I got the invite, I was like, oh, like oh. I mean, I, it was just like when I found out I was the QB, I was like, wait, me? Like, I'm the one with the football? Like, I'm Tom Brady? Like, <laughs> yes. like, I never watched football. But yeah, no, I was super flattered. And thank you so much for the lovely things that you said. Well, and, and the funny part is, is nobody outside of my world probably knows about the thing. Well, people are getting there about the fantasy me team because right. I have had on YouTube and other social media and I have actually trademarked it. So I do have it. It may become a card at some point. But um, it's so funny because whenever I have picked somebody in the draft, um, they have gotten so excited. I made the team. I made the team. I made the team. Yeah, yeah. So I'm so excited to have had Tracy here to let her expound on not only just who she is as a person and what that means and what she has to say to those coming up, but also within her industry. Um, you know, like I said, when I was in high school, I washed my face with Irish Spring. So when my skin ladies come on, that is going to be a conversation where I'm probably going to get a little scolded. But right now I do really good stuff along with things that really, you know, keep me from being 100 years old. So um, I really appreciate having Tracy here today. And I thank you for coming to class. I hope you're enjoying the episodes that um, are going to come come to fruition in regard to the fantasy me team, but also the others, Bob Goff. I have some individuals who are in each of the areas um, of old school, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And, you know, they'll just all, maybe you won't relate to every single thing, but they'll each have their nugget that they want to share and that they want to drop that, that I think no matter how old you are from eight to 80, you will enjoy this and you will find something to be here and listen in on. And I'll try to keep it so that you don't have to listen long. <laughs> so if you're enjoying it, I'd really appreciate it. I'm new to the podcast stuff as I understand it. If you go rate, review, subscribe, um, my website, which is just michellevrabel.com. If you wanna go sign up for the newsletter and hear when new episodes are dropping, I would really appreciate it. And if you want any engagement, I am leaving all my links in the information and I would absolutely love to talk to you. Or if you would like to find out if you're in Arizona, where Tracy is and form a salon, there we go. We will get you to her and she can be your QB too. But I'm the only one who's allowed to tell her that. So thank you so much for coming to Old School. Thank you for coming to class and class dismissed. Bye.